0: This is Damon Albarn, and you're listening to Hallelujah Monkeys, the number one gorillas podcast in the world. welcome to hallelujah monkeys for threading the needle between 9-11 and the start of fall my name is dylan flynn
1: my name is trevor icrath dylan great to be back to talk to you about this beloved cartoon band that we're both such big fans of the archies uh no uh that would be uh gorillas
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. The Four Lovable Lads. From Jamie Hewlett's sketchbook. From Kong Studios or
1: Silver Lake. We should preempt the episode maybe by saying, like, you know, at the end of the last episode, we said that the next thing we were going to do would be to talk about Damon Auburn's, what was it, 2021 solo album, Nearer the Fountain, Closer the Stream, or whatever that thing is called. Mm -hmm. But that hasn't happened yet. No. For the past several months, I think you and I have developed this routine. We're like during the middle or towards the end of the week, we text each other like, Do you wanna do the found episode uh, this weekend? Yeah, but I, I can only do it Sunday. Okay, Sunday works, we'll finish the notes on Saturday. And then like, you know, something comes up, we can't finish the notes. And this is this is gonna be like, you know, no way around it. It's gonna be like a probably a notes heavy episode, just yeah. by nature of what that record is like. Right. Kind of hard to wing it. Yeah, so that hasn't happened yet, but we've got our latest upcoming live extravaganza quickly approaching. And we just wanted to kind of like, you know, touch base about what's been going on with the band
0: uh, in advance of all that. We need a point of contact before those shows happen. And It's not like we're lacking for gorillas bullshit to talk about on this
1: show. No, and actually, like, my favorite episodes of this show probably are the ones where you and I just kind of, like, hang out and assess what's been going on and, like, shoot the shit about how we're feeling about things.
0: I guess let's say not necessarily that we're getting into the gorillas nudes. Nudes, (laughs) N- nudes, <laughs> hey, buy that uh art of gorillas book if you're interested in gorillas nudes, yeah, or head on over to rule
1: com slash <laughs> gorillas/slash <laughs> um two murdock, whatever
0: that ship is called, plus vor plus expansion, yeah. Now, let's get it, let's crack into some gorillas content. How about? So- I think what we should start with is just talking about this album, to be honest. The album that we now know is called Cracker Island. Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, I think that there was a lot of maybe wishful thinking that this album would be called (laughs) The Static Channel. It's interesting that you in particular talk about
1: wishful thinking, because if you listen back to our most recent episode, you were extremely jazzed about uh, the prospects of this album. There was all this kind of hazy promotional material coming out that was like, this album is going to be about cults and the way people think. And you were like, oh boy, is Damon Alburn rearing up to drop a classic high concept rock opera on our butts or something like that? I can't wait to see what he's got cooking. And then a few weeks later, he goes on the radio and he's like, Yeah, the album is just named after that song I put out. It's 10 songs long. Uh, Here's the cover art. I hope you like it. And we'll see you in what? When does this album come out? Like August 2026 or something?
0: February 24th, 2023. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So we got half a year before this thing comes out. Long time. It is a long time. It's a long time. It's 10 tracks plus a bonus track on streaming platforms, I guess.
1: Oh, I can't wait to hear bonus track.
0: Bonus track. I mean, we're looking at a future gorillas classic film music intro bonus track. Give me nothing but gorillas songs that just describe what they are. I'll take it. You know, I love a good utilitarian track title. But I guess the thing that bugs me a little bit about... The title of Cracker Island as a record is that I was always gently amused by the whole Cracker situation Mm -hmm. of naming a song cracker island it's like a a dumb awkward song name but it understands that it is sure and it's having a bit of fun with it and you know maybe it's a little bit provocative and that's fun yeah i would say being amused
1: by the song title was kind of like a consolation for the song title being a little
0: clunky and and if it's a track on your album that's fine it just like Cracker Island. You're gonna name your album Cracker Island.
1: Now you say if it's a track on your album, it's fine. How do you feel about it being the opening track on your album?
0: That's a great question. Right now I'm gonna drop in the opening let's say six seconds of Cracker Island. Let me just let me just set this up, okay? Boy, I can't wait to hear the new Gorillaz
1: album. I've abstained from all the singles that have come out just because I love the band and I love to go in fresh. You know, Damon is a guy who really understands the classic album experience, uh, as you can see with tracks like... Intro from Demon Days and orchestral intro from Plastic Beach, even that little intro at the beginning of uh, uh, Humans. He really does like to provide a dynamic uh, experience that kind of leads you into the album and gives you an idea of what it's going to be about. So I can't wait to see what kind of intro he's cooked up for us this time. I'm going to drop the needle right now.
0: oh boy okay <laughs> I guess we're I guess we're, we're I guess we're in it I remember when song machines track list dropped I was like I don't know about this is i don't know about strange times as an opener this might and then it turned out to work really great
1: yeah I think you and I both agreed when it came to time to review that album that like strange times wound up being a surprisingly really appropriate opener for that record if like you want to call it that considering like the weird nature of its you know construction
0: what's funny is on our last episode i feel like you came down as like sort of lukewarm Positive on Cracker Island and I came down as sort of lukewarmly negative on it. Yeah. Have you have you gone back to the song at all? No, I've not gone back to the song. I would, although I would still describe myself as being like lukewarmly
1: positive on it because it isn't like a gorilla song that has brought me back and back time and time again to listen to it. But I do think it's like a pretty okay, like mid-level quote unquote like hit.
0: For the band having, like, their repertoire to, like, bring out, you know? I still can't bring myself to enjoy it because I'm really rubbed wrong by the verse melody, but I've listened to this song dozens and dozens of times, Trevor. Just trying to get it to grow on you? No, because I have a four-year-old daughter who's obsessed with it. Oh, right. And wants me to put it on. Yeah. All the time. Mm -hmm. So, like, I've lived with Cracker Island. I've lived with New Gold, which we'll talk about soon, The baggage that I'm carrying for these songs is like deeply informed by fatherhood and the roles that these songs are playing in my life right now. Can you explain that a little more? Like, what, what do you what do you mean by, like, what kind of baggage is that? I don't want to listen to these songs anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're just burnt out on it because the kid won't have you stop playing them. Yeah. I guess, I mean, yeah, that totally makes sense. I will say that, although I am still lukewarmly positive on Cracker Island, that
0: song would be a real motherfucker to hear on repeat. Like, oh my God. Yeah, it's relentless. I'll take it over Crazy Frog. I will definitely take it over of Crazy Frog. Before we talk about the other material, though, let, can we just look at and discuss this album cover for a second. Yeah, you I I know that you are in particular not a Super big fan of
1: this album cover.
0: What well, okay, then let me clear the runway for you for a second. What did you think of this album cover?
1: I don't think it looks great. Um, we talked about how gorillas don't have a super high battering average when it comes to album covers in general. I think this is pretty par for the course. Not the worst thing they've done, not the best looking thing they've done by any means. Sure, that'll be fine next to the metadata as it plays on my MP3 player, but it's not like an album cover that I would like put in a frame and hang on my wall.
0: So um, I'll put this out front because I do think that my main takeaway of this image is that if you take the band out of this image, it's a really good Gorillaz cover. I don't know about that. It would feel so sparse. I think that the shack with the graffiti, the Pazuzu statue, those really interesting steps going up, the kind of swirling psychedelic sky and that cobblestone pathway, like that would look like an album cover. In my opinion. Yeah, maybe.
1: I don't know. It wouldn't be, again, it wouldn't be one of my favorite things they'd done, but it might be better than seeing the band kind of superimposed upon it the way they chose to do so.
0: The first thing I want to draw your eye to is the radial blur that is applied to... Just 2D. 2D, the centered on his mouth. Yeah. And then they just used Adobe After, After Effects, dragged that circle out until most of him was radially blurry what is what's being communicated with that blur it looks like motion but like
1: not in a way that makes sense to me as a person looking at it
0: it looks like oops i accidentally put this after effects stock effect on this thing i better yeah control z that i don't understand why he's boring like that i really hate how the top of his hat is blurring. like is what is it like is his hat wiggling around
1: Like I said, it doesn't immediately make a lot of sense to just, like, the the viewer. The things that I like about this, this album cover would be, like, you know, like, the little details. Like, the fact that Murdoch, who is, like, you know, some cult leader this phase, it looks like he is floating in the air as if some kind of, like, you know, supernatural messiah figure. But he's actually just being, if you look closely, hoisted up by a rope that is, like, tied around the roof of that shack. Being held by Russell, who's just kind of chilling. That's like a nice little detail.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of the things that makes this not necessarily feel like they just took four random pieces of phase art uh, from the band and slapped them together. The fact that there is like some visual communication between the members definitely like if there wasn't. I don't know how this would read any different than a, like, hey, Detroit, gorillas are here image or whatever. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. There's at least, like, you know, some cohesion uh, when it comes to, like, how the characters look. They're all dressed similarly, so...
0: That's true. Yeah, there's like a Demon Days-esque color palette here of magentas, reds, purples, pinks. Mm-hmm. Bit check-wise, I would say Russell and, and Noodle are leagues ahead of the more traditional culty garb of Tootie and Murdoch. Noodle's wearing a shirt
1: that says Helter Skelter, clearly a reference to like the Manson murders invoking more cult stuff as we head into this phase, which is looking like it's going to be primarily about that kind of thing.
0: The... I The... <sighs> I don't know. Do I even want to bother with the Noodle says this about the album kind of writing? Does that stuff, should that even be discussed, I suppose? Like, I guess the problem I have with the setup here of, like, Murdoch pitched the band that they should start a cult was, like, the you then have the awkward situation of having to write Noodle and Russell be into that idea.
1: yeah which they never would be. Maybe, you know, they aren't wearing the same cult outfits as Murdoch and 2D are in the picture. So, I don't know. Maybe that conveys how they feel about the project.
0: All I remember is this one dumb pull quote that Noodle has, where it's like, when the idea of a cult was first floated, I thought it sounded very ominous. But then I thought, what if it could be a cult for good in the world? Mm, okay. All right.
1: So, I mean, they're they're making an attempt to kind of make it all make sense, right? So, that's better than them not doing that but you know i'm a i'm a i'm a 32 year old freaking grown up by this point i i care very little for how well or not the inner machinations of a gorilla's phase are executed when it comes to like concept
0: and whether the the band are acting in a believable way for me i think i still would be if there was like a cass brownian figure at the helm of this thing who is like madly ambitious about the whole situation you know who like sure felt like they had a pocket full of mysteries and were a cork board with string and pictures on it and were like weaving something crazy like that would be enhancing, I think, my my reception of this. That's really never been the case, though. You know, I feel like there was the attempt to do
1: that during Plastic Beach, but obviously that didn't come together. And either that left them just too gun-shy to attempt to do anything on that scale ever again, or, like like I said, it's just, the impetus has never really been there that much.
0: <laughs> we have confirmed Greg Kirsten produced the whole record. Let's go through some of these uh, through some of these track names and some of these feats, okay? Okay, sure. So, track one, we got Cracker Island feat. Thundercat. We've heard that. We know what Thundercat's doing on it. I don't know why they're opening the album with it, but maybe when we hear the rest of these songs, we'll think, "Well, that was your best option."
1: If that's the best option, it'll it'll be interesting. What's next? Uh, Next up is Oil featuring Stevie Nicks. Okay, Um, I think I didn't I like call out Stevie Nicks when we were talking on like our Song Machine episode about like Mm -hmm. prospective collaborators
0: that uh, we thought would. Make a lot of sense and it's, we have confirmed that at least one song on this record is a recycled uh abandoned song machine season two song oh okay so it wouldn't shock me maybe this started as a as a song machine season two thing possibly and you know i'm
1: excited to have stevie nicks on the project i've actually gone pretty big in a fleetwood mac in like a big way within
0: like the last year or so how's she taking care of her voice i haven't heard a modern stevie nicks performance so she like pretty smoky or is she you know taking care of it
1: i don't know but she's the kind of singer where i could see her voice actually really benefiting from the age and like the wear
0: on it i feel like if it was phase two there would be like a whole situation where everybody in gorillas slept with stevie nicks and slept with each other and had a big fight you know oh yeah something like that they would play in the whole rumors narrative yeah i mean it's cool it's definitely the feat on this thing that i'm probably most excited to hear and i like oil as like a weird name of a song Mm -hmm. you know What's next? Speaking of weird names of songs, no feats on this one, but what do you think about The Tired Influencer? Uh, You know this will come up when we talk about new
1: gold i think when whenever damon has tried to like touch on themes like social media and influencers and the tiktoks and this crazy wonder that we live in now or whatever it just kind of falls flat for me and it leaves me rolling my eyes like okay dad
0: yeah it's a little bit okay dad we've had we've had a lot of damon albert on personal technology over the years with varying degrees yeah. of interest i think that like humans was probably the closest he got to like making some interesting statements about it. I think because humans was both reactive to and embracing of the connectivity that you can get from personal technology, like he, he starts the record off with like, I switched my, my robot off. and Yeah, I was just going to bring up that phrase. It
1: feels like that phrase, I switched my robot off and retain more and no less or however it goes, feels like that's going to be the best contribution Damon makes to saying something about like this era yeah otherwise it's just like okay dude i'm i know i'm sure your daughter showed you some tiktoks and you were very afraid i'm kind of nervous about the whole thing too but like tired influencer
0: you ever think about though how like we're just like everyday robots on our phones you know yeah Yeah. we be on them damn phones uh i heard my our friend mutual friend and friend of the show and uh co-creator of the free the sea movement ryan hughes believes that this song may have been informed by a conversation we know took place between some people at warner records and damon albarn about how the band needs to be on tiktok now oh
1: yeah i do remember seeing you guys talk about that that must have been an interesting uh if only i could be a fly in the
0: room of that meeting right that would have been a fun one you can't imagine that jamie and damon are are the kinds of guys anymore who would yell and scream about those kinds of things but they would probably just have like an extremely unhappy face on would be my guess i think damon probably
1: knew about tiktok from having a kid was probably jamie's first time seeing the app when they pulled it open in that meeting and just like that probably introduced him to the concept of e-girls, and you probably just didn't see him for like two months. That's probably why they had to push the release date back, because Jamie Hewlett discovered e-girls. Emma, Emma, will
0: you be a VTuber? You can, you can put on the capture suit from uh, the strobe light video, and you can vlog as Noodle. We'll make loads of Ethereum love. Let me try to do Emma DeCon's response. Okay. We. Oui. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the next song we've got here is Silent Running featuring uh, Adelaide Omatayo. That's kind, of a cool, that's kind of a cool title, right? That sounds like it could be like a, like an action movie in the 80s or something like Silent Running. It is. It is. It's a 70s sci-fi dystopian movie, Silent Running. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So there you go. We heard this song, or right? we didn't, but some people heard this song on early tour dates. They played this one. I think it was described as a slower one. Okay. So maybe the tired influencer will be like 145 BPM banger. Yeah, I guess so. And who's on that one? I don't think
1: I've uh, heard of that person before.
0: Okay, well, this guy's worked with uh, Amy Winehouse. He's worked with Basement Jacks. Is he a vocalist? What's he do? Yeah, he's a backing vocalist in Amy Winehouse's band and a songwriter himself. So, assumedly, he'll be singing on this thing, maybe doing backing vox or, like, featured backing vox. I don't know. I'd be a little surprised if it's a whole feature
1: tag just for, like, backing vocals. So, I'm going to assume he gets, like, a verse or maybe a hook or something. Maybe it's one of those classic Grills songs where he just sings the whole dang thing and everyone's like, where's Damon?
0: How come he's not on this one? I, that almost happened on this next song, uh, New Gold, featuring Tame Paula, and Booty Brown. Right. Maybe we should pause our, our uh, track-by-track run-through and just talk about New Gold for a second. <laughs>
1: latest gorilla single featuring Kevin Parker of Tame Impala and, once again, the Far Side's Booty Brown, who who you know from uh, Dirty Harry all the way back
0: on Demon Days. Yeah, we got returning uh, collaborator Booty Brown. It seems like he's put in the time, certainly. I mean... Yeah, I gotta say,
1: Booty Brown is on this thing a lot. I unfortunately do not like what he's doing on the song. I think it's one of the worst, kind of like hip hop collaborations gorillas has had in a while it pains me to say and the reason why it pains me to say that is because i think it's so great to see the band finally throw this guy another bone after so many years right. after almost 20 years of him being one of the most devoted company men that they've had you know he's he had one feature on their second album they're on album seven or whatever by now he still goes on every tour he's at every show not only just doing his own song also filling in
0: for uh most staff on stylo doing that part yeah and the other thing worth mentioning because i mean buddy brown has not exactly taken it on the chin on this show but we've certainly had our mirth over his We've
1: had some good-natured jests
0: about uh the volume of his vocals during the live performances. Stepping I'd- aside from that, the verse on Dirty Harry, although it is like one of the elements that more like directly dates that record, yeah. He I mean, he fucking hit a home run. He he really went for it. He went hyper-literal. There's all kinds of pretty haunting imagery and lines on that. It's like assaultive. It's a really good verse.
1: He was the reason why we filled up our Azusa. But then you got all of this as a joke, Pauly Shore. Oh, that. Like, I, I scrolled through these lyrics uh, real quick right before we did this episode because I haven't listened to this song in a minute. A lot of clunkers like that, man. I mean, he's doing hashtag rap in 2022. But, I mean, he's 50. <laughs>
0: So he, I'm sure that his clock has slowed down and he. this seems like a modern verse to him.
1: I guess it's fine, you know, just to have this song on in the background and hear him doing his thing. If you don't hone in on it, it's not, you know, terrible. But like I said, I do wish the quality of, the, of his verses was a little better. In the end, I'm just kind of,
0: it's nice to see him get another feature. He's not mixed incredibly hot. So he, if you're not zeroing in on this, it does just kind of sound like Gorilla's background noise during really most of the song, to be honest. I think
1: that's kind of my main problem with this song in general. I I didn't like this song quite as much as Cracker Island. Like I, I said, it's kind of fine if you have it on in the background, but... It doesn't really feel like it's doing too much, and there's this vague sense of like algorithmicness about it, you know? Like this sounds like they brought Damon into a studio and were like, "Can you make a Gorilla song that sounds like a Gorilla song that would play on Spotify after you finished listening to like a Tame Impala album?"
0: Yeah, I mean, to, to Kevin Parker is that his name?
1: Yeah, Kevin Parker, a guy that I feel like people have been waiting to show up on a Gorilla song for quite some time. From my understanding, there's a lot of crossover when it comes to the gorillas fandom and the tame Paula fandom which does make sense to me i feel like even when and paula were first hitting the scene a lot of people
0: i knew that liked gorillas were like oh this and paula band is pretty good i think what we're learning about tame Paula and about kevin and i do understand that he like sonically mixes things up when he makes records and like he went from all out psych rock to like you know synth rock and whatever there's a thing that he does he's not don't put him in the category with like the great musical tour figures. He, there's, you hire him, he comes and he brings the the Tame Impala sound and like mm-hmm. this hook. I mean, I can sing it for you right now. It's very catchy. Yeah, and it sounds Tame Impala as fuck. They, it's just like it's a flavor you can add to things. Now the the backstory for this song was that it was a an abandoned song machine 2 thing. And Booty was like, I've been singing the same song for you guys on tour for 10 years. Can you can you give me a new song? Oh, interesting. I didn't know that it was his idea. That's that's cool that they they listened. And, and Damon was like, I gave him a few things and he took this and ran with it and turned it into a real song. And so we put it on the record. So, I mean, you know, so we have it. <laughs> I do think that, like, it would be an S-tier Gorillaz B-side. Sure. Yeah. You know? I'd, it'd be fine as a B-side. I even do think it's fine just as
1: like an album cut you know whatever i'm surprised that they wheeled it out as like a single i don't know if it's an official single or just something that damon wanted to play on a radio
0: show but i think it's like hollywood I, i think it's a hollywood is a perfect analog for what this song is remember during the now now like there's a there's a song with a big name on it you know uh tame impala has a couple of billion streamers and jamie Principal is one of the
1: most beloved artists of all time yeah big names
0: and a, and a live uh staple who you love to see come back and do another one yeah you know mm-hmm. oh i see what you're doing <laughs> yeah. sorry you were making a bit of a joke <laughs> sorry sorry yeah. they, they, he fits into the analog too he's not the obviously don't get me wrong
1: it was nice that damon alburn decided to put on that up-and-coming rapper what was his name snoop Dogg or
0: something but i mean like it did snoop Dogg delivering a real fiver-ass verse. In my just, opinion
1: I mean, you know, once that guy gets more experience under his belt, it'll help. his performances will probably improve. And he was just overshadowed by Jamie Principal being on that track. Like, how do you compete with that, you know?
0: I mean, Jamie Principal does fucking rule on that song. Yeah. You know? I think it's doing okay for them, streaming-wise. This is not shaping up to be like quite the commercial flop that Song Machine was I don't think if you don't get into Booty Brown's
1: lyrics I think this is a completely inoffensive song that sounds fine in the background when it just comes on after you've been listening to something else and I assume it's just going to be like you know a track on the album that I'll listen to when I listen to the album all the way through it's kind of like it gives me like Even lesser than Hollywood vibes, which kind of does still feel like one of the more memorable songs on the Now Now. This one gives me like Sorcerer's vibes where it's just like, okay,
0: three minutes of Gorilla's doing their thing. There's no stumbling blocks here sonically. Like there's nothing that prevents me from getting through New Gold the way that it does on Cracker Island. It's got a pretty okay groove. Like it's well-produced and it sounds good. I do think that bass line is like needs another half measure of composition because there's a little too much loop to the you know like yeah maybe my standards are like slightly askew because we're just coming off like a really incredible bass line in a gorilla song with cracker island but like i do think i agree the groove is good i think that there's a good chance that this will like be nice structurally on a record although it's the record that potentially has structural structural issues um I like it more than Cracker Island, personally. But, you know, we are about to get another song from Gorillaz in a few scant days. Um, Okay. With the release of FIFA 23. Oh, boy. (laughs) On September the 26th, we will be given as a gift from EA the next song on on this track list, Baby Queen. Okay. Uh, Another another title that doesn't really get my motor revving did you head out on the highway for it though or no get your motor running
1: well yeah i mean i don't know i guess i'm not gonna play that FIFA game so i assume i'll see this one when it whenever it hits the internet
0: and i'll listen to it then no no collabs on this one or anything no but i do have an image to send you for you to read me a little bit of a paragraph in character as one mr damon alburn if you would please assay the role i'm writing recording a song about an incident where i was in thailand and met the crown princess
1: this was november 97 she was only 14 at the time and she came to see us and due to the very specific role the royal family play in thailand they put a throne next to the mixing board for her to sit in <laughs> surrounding by i don't know how many soldiers Song two started, and she stood on her throne and stage-dived into the crowd. (laughs) The reason I've written a song about it is because I had a dream about this princess very recently. She'd grown up, and we spent time in my dream together. Her is a woman. Okay. (laughs) So there you go. 1997 was a long time.
0: But at the moment, it's not. What does that mean, Damon? Song two was uh, was apparently a method to groom a child queen for a future <sighs> sex dream about her. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> and He wrote a song
1: about it. Um, that's one of the weirdest Damon Albarn quotes I've read in quite some time. Probably,
0: yeah, pretty weird one. Yeah,
1: saying something considering we've been doing this. Uh, we've been doing this. Research on his latest solo where he just talks about setting up all these musicians in front of his house to, like, watch the weather or something.
0: <laughs> That's right. You might remember back on the fall, there's an unforgettable song called The Joplin Spider. I, I like that one. I'm a, I'm kind of a defender of that song. Uh, and you hear Smoggy Nelson say, you know, spider venom's extra lethal to primates in that song. Right, right, yep. Here, after Baby Queen, maybe a sequel to that song, Tarantula. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, Didn't we eventually find out that that's not true.
1: Like Spider Venom, Venom isn't any particular. Yeah, Smoggy was just repeating something he must have heard. I guess. But, so maybe this is going to be some kind of retraction. You know, <laughs> maybe they really want to get out in front of that
0: before it comes out and anybody points it out further. Yeah, you just hear you hear Smoggy come on like he's recording a cameo. Hi, yeah. Gorillas fans. Hello. How's everybody doing? Yeah, I'm a big ginger lad. And then on to the next track after that. After he after he you know makes it all clear. Yeah, uh, which is Tormenta featuring Bad. Bad. Bad Bunny. Okay. um, Um, So this is probably like, you would imagine Warner is looking to this one because it's got Bad Bunny on it. Bad Bunny, very successful pop star right now. I'm going to sound like an old man
1: or somebody who's trying to be more counterculture than they actually are, but I have not heard a Bad
0: Bunny song. Well, I mean, he sings mostly in Spanish and he's like, he's got... Lots of zoomer inroads, but he's also just huge in Latin America, and so are gorillas. So, this makes sense, yeah. right? You got my him. main association with Bad Bunny the most I've ever been exposed to him knowingly. You know, maybe
1: I've heard some of his stuff on the radio in the background sometime or other, but mainly I just know him as the guy who shows up in that trailer for the Brad Pitt movie Bullet Train.
0: And I think Brad Pitt hits him with a glass bottle of water. I might be sounding... Now, I'm showing my age a little bit as a 75-year-old man, but I... Cary Grant and James Cagney, these are movie stars. I've never seen a Brad Pitt movie. Gotcha. But I'll take your word for it, certainly. Bullet Train, his new one out in theaters now, directed by Deadpool, I believe. Oh, cool. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this will be a single. Maybe maybe the Zoomers will hear this one and decide once and for all that gorillas are a chuggy or whatever. <laughs>
0: an associated uh, Twitch emote that people could drop in the <laughs> chat. I wonder. I
1: don't know. Hey, uh, if there is, why don't you guys drop that
0: right now uh, for us? Up next, Skinny Ape featuring Nobody. <laughs> so that's a pretty good one. I'm excited for Skinny Ape. This is in the uh, How You Money Last Man to Leave uh, Zero Hour spot. The song right before the end. Yeah. Which you know, Damon has been making some weird stuff in those spots. So maybe this will be a real weird one. Skinny Ape. Phrase kind of makes me think of like, that sounds like it would be like a uh, like a
1: Heathcliff character. Right. A recurring character, the skinny ape or something. Are you familiar with the Heathcliff comics? Yeah, they're really surreal. They're very surreal. They don't make a lot of sense. They kind of exist in this strange liminal space. Uh, go check them out. They're usually, they're all over the internet.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like, um, have you seen in the gorillas art book? There are certain pages where the gorillas are doing things and like speech bubbles are coming out of their mouths so that you see what they're saying. It's kind of like that. Which, you know, correspond to what they would be saying if it was an actual thing. keep it's it's printed media. You can't hear their voices. Exactly. So you kind of got to
1: fill that in, in your head using your imagination.
0: The official closing track with another returning guest is Possession Island. This harkens... Uh, featuring Beck. This harkens back to the original thing Damon was saying about a series of islands. They're like, you know, ideological echo chambers. So there is like some sign of that here on the track list. Obviously, I don't think New Gold like colors in anything thematically and it's supposedly recycled sessions from an abandoned project so i don't see why it would necessarily yeah and another another beck feature uh you
1: know that first beck feature felt like a really big moment you know two titans of alternative music damon auburn and beck finally working together doesn't doesn't a second
0: one just feel like it kind of cheapens that a little bit i don't know because i feel it depends on what he's doing on this thing to me because i feel like i feel like the first Beck feature was kind of like it checked the box of exactly what you would want from your Beck feature on your Gorilla song. They traded breathy white boy verses, and uh, Beck sounded like Beck for the first time in a while. But maybe he'll be, maybe they'll be doing something different and weirder on here. Maybe I don't know.
1: I have a bad feeling. It's just going to be more Beck white boy rapping about influencers having peacock feathers and. Drinking strange concoctions and,
0: like, having strange body mods or something. It could be. If, if it is more of that, then, yeah, Diminishing Returns. But, I mean, Beck, Beck has a lot of tools in the tool belt. Beck makes a lot of different kinds of songs. I guess so. Maybe he'll do some cool, like, falsetto belting or something. That'd be cool. when he did Valley of the Pagans, that was, like, the first time he'd kind of been in that mode for a hot minute, even. Right. Not that what he's been doing is particularly dynamic or special but you know yeah kind of brings me back
1: to that kevin parker feature where it's like it kind of feels like that needed to happen before the last tame and paul album to really achieve maximum heat and it feels kind of similar with beck where it's like they're working with him after like his heyday is behind us and it makes me wonder uh makes me city wonder what and Paula or Gorillas fans who had been looking forward to this collab with Kevin Parker thought of Kevin
0: Parker's contri- contribution in New Gold the fandom stuff that i've seen has been fairly positive on it it was well received i think so i i don't think i've i've necessarily seen that much like oh my god but like people like certainly that hook okay again if you're Damon Albarn and you're on Go- Gorillas collaborator Fiverr and you're <laughs> you're paying top dollar for some big names. I mean, I guess you want them to show up and do what they do. You don't want a St. Vincent situation, right? Where she's like yeah, singing some backup and maybe playing a synth or something and then you put their name on your album credits and people are like, Oh my God, there's going to be this person. And then you hear them and you're like, Oh, that's it. Really? Mm -hmm. I guess in that sense, you just want them to do the most obvious version of what they do. But I wonder, I don't know. We'll see what Beck's doing on here. And then there's one more thing. It's a bonus track. I don't know if it's going to be, it's probably going to get a name once it reveals on streaming. I would imagine. I hope not. Is this just on, is this like on every version
1: of the album or like, is it going to be on the stream? Like what's the release strategy? I know that
0: when like there's, they issued a picture of, like jamie hewlett wrote out all of the track titles in like a kind of a gothic hand-drawn font and okay it's not on there the album ends with possession island on that but i mean the track list as circulated by warner records includes the 11th song because so, if this was going to be like a region exclusive thing, I was going to say there's no
1: way we're not looking at another film trailer music. You know, that's just yeah, how Gorillas yeah. does things. You know, like here's this song that's only on this one version that our fans are gonna, you know, it's gonna be this is the new holy grail. How are you gonna get it? You're gonna have to go to the online community and navigate. I think some, this is
0: more like the analog for like the humans deluxe suite uh, at the end of the record. Yeah, except this time you only get one measly track instead of a whole little one little. One little track. Yeah. Be cool to get Kilo Kish back yeah. to do another thing. Get her back on, right? That'd be neat, I guess. But that's it. That's all we've got to
1: look forward to uh for Cracker Island. We didn't talk about that song's music video, but I don't have a lot to say about the music video. It did it wasn't it doesn't make it into like my top fifty percentage of Gorilla's music videos or anything. It was just kinda I don't know, it was there. Yeah, there's stuff I like
0: about it. It was okay. I guess we'll just Without doing like an official music video review for it, there's some things I like about it. I like how in the first chorus, every time he says the cult syllable of occult, if you believe that's the lyric, uh, like a gooey pink skull flash, like jump scare flashes onto the face of whichever band members on screen. That's cool. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. And I guess I like, in theory, the kind of like mystery angle to it of like the video being positioned as taking place at the end of the story. Sure. Yeah, I do kinda like that. There something happened at the Hollywood sign and we don't know what it is. There's like a smoking crater in the ground there. The cops are questioning them. Like that's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, Jamie Hewlett thinks he's Quentin Tarantino or something nowadays. I mean
0: it's a little bit it's a little bit like the stylo move, right? Yeah, it also is a little bit like the stylo video too. I think that I oh I will say the other thing that I kind of like about it just as like environmental visual storytelling is uh that there's, like, a mental hospital motif going on, and I like that you've got Noodle having dyed her hair a regrettable color and cut her own bangs badly, which is, like, a classic mental illness move, you know? Totally, yeah. Of being, like, so depressed or out of your fucking head that you... <laughs> that you buy some dye from the walmart and grab some fucking scissors and make some unfortunate choices with your hair
1: it feels like like genuine representation so that is nice i agree and i do like the mystery angle i uh but i i would say it's probably like one of the examples where like this is not the ideal vehicle to be delivered this song for the first time hewlett's getting better at the
0: psychedelic video editing stuff The stuff that they're doing with the, like, giant glittery Thundercat stuff in that section where it's just, like, 2D in a void, Mm -hmm. that is the best-looking version of that style that he's been doing over the years, I feel like. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) This whole thing, this whole phase could be summarized with those two words. It's fine.
1: Uh, But who knows? Maybe the album will be great and will really blow us away, and it'll be the best Gorillaz record since uh, Demon Days or maybe Plastic Beach. I don't know.
0: We're here with some more official business today, Trevor. As we're recording this at Sunday, I probably won't have this out for another day or two, I would imagine. But we wanted to send a flag up the flagpole and shoot a flare into the air and, and get a few eyes on us here. That's right, because within the next week, you and I are going to not just one, but
1: a couple Gorillaz concerts.
0: Oh my god, we're going to two Gorillaz shows in a fucking row. What are we thinking? Within the span of three days, it'll be it'll be
1: fun. You know, I I don't know if uh, this is if you would call this the moment in time where our enthusiasm for the band is at its highest so it'll be interesting <laughs> that like you know we're getting our most concentrated dose of the live experience within this period but we're just gonna have to see how that all plays out right and of course you'll get to listen to how it plays out on this
0: podcast maybe this will be the moment where we where we go native again and and become guerrilla superfans again you know possibly I, I don't know about maybe i shouldn't say because in case people are trying to say setlist spoiler free but i've seen some fucking wild shit that's been getting added to the set list lately
1: i i have not really been looking at any of the messages we've received about what they've been playing live i did see uh one plastic beach cut pop up and i was like oh okay i guess they're playing that that's not one of my favorite songs uh, there's
0: a then i guess go ahead and stay pristine because there's there's definitely a thing they could bust out that if they did you'd be like what okay cool so you know maybe we'll get a little bit less stale of the set list that would be cool but the main thing i want to do is if you are listening to this right now and you're planning to be at the Chase Center in San Francisco, California on September the 21st, and you would like to potentially be on an episode of the show, meet Trevor and Maxton and I, you won't meet Maxton that day, sorry, Trevor and I, then please reach out to us. You can you can send us a message to at Fancast on Twitter. You can email us, hallelujahmonkeys at gmail.com. You know, I don't know exactly what the hangout's going to be, but we'll be in and around, and if you want to talk into our tape recorder and say hi, mom, or whatever, like, drop us a line, for sure. You can also have the opportunity to do that if you're going to the show at the Forum in Inglewood, Los Angeles, on the 23rd. Two nights later. Because we're going to be there, too. Yeah, and that's going to be, like, the the OG, returning to the OG Halloween Monkeys live episode, grounds. The, the sacred grounds. Much less
1: stressful, though, because we're not going to need to worry about tracking damon down to get him to say anything into our tape recorder maybe it'll happen who knows i'm not particularly invested in the waiting around uh talking to
0: the guy again because i i'm sure he hates us probably um but you know who knows i'd like to walk around it's like going back to your elementary school you know and being like wow look how small everything is
1: yeah it'll it'll be kind of spooky a little melancholy probably but
0: yeah drop us a line either way if you're going to the forum in inglewood on the 23rd if you're going to the chase center in san francisco on the 21st drop us a line and uh, we'll make some tentative plans and we'll enjoy a gorilla show together why not we can't wait to talk to you. We
1: can't wait to meet you, Dylan. I can't wait to see you again in person for this trip of ours. It was
0: pre-pandemic. My daughter was two years old the last time I saw you. Crazy. Yeah, we went to Disneyland. It was great. Um, how do we do this again? How do we do this? I don't remember how this part works. Sorry.
1: Um, I think we just tell our listeners that they can find us on Gorilla's FanCast at Twitter.com. Uh, you've already talked to them about how they can reach us. We've them, that stuff, so. covered that. So. Uh, Maybe we should uh, just say, you know, that that's the way it goes in the City Wonder.
0: (laughs) Demo. (laughs)